I've been able to make money consistently. Not, you know, I've had down years. I, I mean, I've, I've been doing this full time since 1991. Uh, I haven't made money every single year. In those losing years, it's a gut check. You, you've got to say, what am I doing? Am I just a gambler? Has the market changed? Have I changed? Am I no longer? Do I no longer have my edge? Well, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of our After Hours Traders. Uh, in this episode, I'm actually excited to introduce a distinguished guest, a trader, author, and someone I, I really look up into, Mr. Brian Shannon with us. And we're gonna have some a quick chat with him and uh, learn from him. Hello, Brian. Thank you so much for uh, joining us from Colorado. Yeah, Andrew, thanks for having me on. As, as I mentioned before, uh, we started rolling here. I'm a, I'm a fan of yours as well, not just in the uh, market, but uh, all your extreme adventures, your mountaineering and your adventure races and that sort of thing. It's pretty impressive stuff. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Brian, uh, I saw you a few years ago giving a presentation in Trade Ideas in a, a conference in San Diego, and I was just wow i love how this guy is educating and how passionate about his work and that was the moment that i said okay i want to become like you that's one of the things that you know when i grow up i want to become and that's really good to have always a role model so even though our style of trading is different i always look up to you as an author and successful trader and mentor and educator so uh, thank you again can you tell to our community a little bit about yourself and your background and uh you know, how did you get into trading and where you are now? Right. So, you know, I've told this story a lot of times, so I'll just kind of, you know, go over it quickly. I, I really started, you know, my interest in the market, hanging out with my dad on Friday nights when I was a, a you know, probably a pre preteen. Um, he would watch Wall Street Week and on Friday nights and I would, you know, want to hang out with him. So I'd sit there and watch Wall Street Week, week with him and you know, kind of picked up some things, I guess, along the way and, you know, expressed an interest in a certain stock. Uh, when I was about 15, he lent me some money, basically gave me 10 to 1 leverage for the $500 I had. Um, and we bought a thousand shares of this $5 stock um, and it doubled. So here I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. I had just, you know, taken my $500, put it in the market and made a $5,000 profit on it. So, uh, you know, I was kind of hooked at an early age. Um, and, you know, out of college, I, I went to work at uh, in the brokerage industry as a retail broker. Uh, that was 1991. I started in Boston at Lehman Brothers, uh, moved to Denver in 92, or I guess 92 or 93, 92. Um, and uh, worked as a broker here for a little while, but then started a, a day trading office um, in downtown Denver and uh, then kind of merged with another firm and, you know, headed education, headed a proprietary desk for them. And, um, you know, I started alphatrends.net uh, about 12, uh, no, maybe 14 years ago prior to the book. So it's, you know, it was something that Howard Linden at StockTwits approached me and said, hey, Brian, you know, I like your work, what you're doing, would you want to monetize it and start a subscription service? And I said, sure, you know, you guys do all the back end stuff. That's great because I'm not a detail guy. Um, I just want to focus on the market. And here we are today, um, uh, you know, I've written that book in, in between the uh, technical analysis using multiple time frames that you referenced and 
uh, working on a new one now. That's uh, man, you know how it is writing a book. It's a it's a big undertaking. You wonder, you get halfway through it, you wonder, what have I done? Yeah, I, I know. So as you mentioned, Brian, you have a best-selling book, uh, technical analysis based on multiple time frame, which was published in two thousand eight. That just shows how experienced you are because you've seen a lot of ups and downs. Like I'm sure dot com bubble, you've seen it. 2008 crash, you've seen it. Pandemic, you've been there. Uh, yeah. So you know exactly how the market works. And as Brian mentioned, he's working on a book uh, trading based on VWAP, specifically anchored, uh, I suppose, anchored VWAP that you're expert on. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that's my question. Uh, if I ask you what's your favorite indicator, is it VWAP or anchored VWAP? And how did you come up with that uh, indicator? Is, are you the founder of or person who developed it, for, uh, you know, originated this anchored VWAP? No, good, good question. And, and you know, I, I, I don't claim to have invented it. You know, the volume weighted average price was traditionally for one day, and it was a, a benchmark for execution. So I discovered in 2003 on a platform called Realtek where you could see it at, you know, like we're used to seeing it as a moving average. I started playing around with it and realized if I changed it from one day to three days to five days, uh, the amount of time I was looking at, I would still see that volume weighted average price and started see, noticing that, you know, the week to date volume weighted average price had significance as support or resistance, as did the monthly. And, and these were levels that weren't visible in any other way. So, I started digging into it, trying to do as much research as I could, and there really wasn't a whole lot out there. But uh, back in 93, I think it was, someone named uh, uh, Paul Levine had kind of done some work with the, the anchored VWAP. He called it something different, but that's okay. And, you know, there's a book called uh, Midas Curves that kind of piggybacked off of his work. Um, so I was, you know, using Realtek, just trying to make this hack to kind of make it an anchored VWAP. And it's it, it wasn't available on any platforms out there. And oddly, it's really, it's, it's I think to this day, it's still not on Bloomberg. People pay, you know, 15, 20 grand a month for this machine and, and it, it, or whatever it costs, maybe a year. Um, and it doesn't have an anchored VWAP ability. So uh, the people at Realtek uh, contacted me and said, hey, Brian, we'd like you to use our, our software to give it a look. And I said, sure, I'd love to. Here's here's what, if you can do this for me, nobody else has done it. I asked Realtek, I asked a, a couple other firms. I said, if you can make it so there's an easy way to point and click, use a volume-weighted average price from any point, anchor it from any bar, uh, any candle, you know, on at any point in, on the chart, then I'll, I'll, I'll take you guys seriously. Well, they came up with it, uh, you know, within a couple of weeks, and I've been using you know, that is my primary charting platform ever since because it is on there. And, you know, it, it, as a nod to me bringing it to them, they call it the anchored volume weighted average price by alpha trends. But it's not because I invented it. It's because I breathed life into it. It, it was kind of something that, you know, no one ever spoke about. No one had noticed. No one paid attention to. And now it's, you know, it's on Trendspire. It's on Yahoo Finance. It's on TradingView. It's on Tradelix. It's it's on a lot of different platforms, which is really cool to see. Yeah, that's Trader Pro that uh, we are using mostly for scalping. They didn't have it. They recently added, and that shows how important this indicator has become. Really, uh, that's it. Is it? Uh, and I know that it's even working on a crypto market. I see on the your analysis in your Twitter 
uh, that uh, you, you do it on Bitcoin price. And it's amazing that how powerful it can be in that indicator. It, it really is, Andrew. I think it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, the, the nature of what that market is. We, we, we look at that market and, you know, it trades very well technically, um, simply because there's, there's really no true fundamentals, not in the not in the same way, at least, that we can, you know, come up with valuations the way that the models have been created for equities. There's no price to sales. There's no price to book. There's no really fundamental way of valuing it. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of similar to gold. What's the PE of gold? What's the price to sales? It's, you know, it's this nebulous concept. So it trades really pretty purely, I think, on technicals. And what the anchored volume weighted average price really allows us to do is to measure who's in control from our starting point, wherever we anchor that volume weighted average price. And that tells us, are the buyers or sellers in control from that point? And if you anchor it to the proper places, which can be year to date is, is really important right now, um, especially, I mean, it is throughout the year, but you know, right now we're kind of, you know, fighting for control near that anchor VWAP from the beginning of the year um, and prior swing highs and lows. I mean, it, it, it continues. You know, I, I think I tweeted it out the other day. Um, it just continues to blow my mind how accurate the turning points can be with the volume weighted average price. It, it, it levels you wouldn't you wouldn't know to look at without any other, uh, you know, tool. And it, it's all supply and demand based, which is really what the market's all about. Yeah. Do you uh, recommend using it on uh, like altcoins or stocks that they don't have a lot of volume or liquidity or it's just mostly has to have a lot of volume? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the just general supply and demand is kind of the same. But I, I will say that the only cryptos that I uh, really look at are the ones that they trade on Gemini. Uh, Gemini is, is the brokerage, uh, you know, the, the, the crypto brokerage that I use. And they have, I think, about 30 of them. So I'm not looking at all these, you know, tiny ones, but ones that are generally have some liquidity. Um, but even there, you know, the ones that don't trade a lot of volume, I, I just kind of ignore them anyways. They're not really... Uh, so, for instance, on equities, I, I, I'm always looking for... A minimum average daily volume using a 20-day average of at least a half a million shares so that there's you know liquidity there for for my trades and you know subscribers to alpha trends um, but in, in the in the altcoins it's I, I, I stay to mainly the, the big ones let's say the top 15 to 20 market cap coins so um, now a question that came up Right now, you mentioned that you started, you know, somehow in day trading. Are you day trader mostly or swing trader? That's my first question. How is your style of trading now? And the second yeah, one I is... Can, I consider myself a swing trader. Um, and, and to me, you know, it can mean different things to different people. Um, my definition of, of my, not really definition, but my idea of swing trades is... Uh, if I'm wrong today, it ends up being a day trade because I get, you know, stopped out. But ideally, you know, I'm going to hold them three to five, three to five days is kind of the typical. When I catch it at the right moment and the momentum crests, you know, three to five days later, up to maybe two to three weeks. To me, that's the ideal 
swing trade time frame. Now, I'm a full-time in front of the machine watching the market all day, so I have to do some day trades basically, but because you see the opportunities setting up and presenting themselves to you. Um, so I do some day trading. It's it's not something I talk a lot about because it's it's not a skill that I think that you can teach. You have to learn a longer term time frame and then develop your skill set to recognize the opportunities in real time on shorter time frames. So I, I take some day trades, but I prefer uh, swing trade, especially especially the older I get, the, the the less interest I have in just sitting there looking for you know little trades here and there. Yeah, and you know day trading is very similar to sometimes video game. You just have to press right at the right time and to kill that person. And uh, I, I can feel myself that I don't want to do that for a very long time. So uh, I have to slowly move to swing trading. So alphatrend.net uh, is the community that you lead. Are they mostly day traders, swing traders, or it's for everyone, crypto traders? Can you talk about the community a little bit? So I, I try to let people know that I focus on swing trading. And that's what my, you know, that that's really my expertise. Um, I don't want people to day trade because I think most people aren't suited for it. And most people end up losing money. So I really discourage people from doing that. Although there are people who subscribe to Alpha Trends that look at my ideas and end up day trading them. And that's fine if they have the skill set. Uh, and other people will look at them and maybe want to hold a little bit longer term. So what I tell people is, you know, here's what I specialize in. And I, it's, I can't be all things to all people. I'm going to focus on the swing trade because that's what I'm really good at. And, and in particular, identifying the entry point uh, when the momentum is aligned on multiple time frames. That's my really my number one, uh, you know, talent, I guess you would say, uh, is finding them right at the right time. So. Whether, if you're a day trader, that's going to help you because you'll be able to get involved and you know make your scalp trade and move on. Swing trader will take a little bit off, raise our stops on the longs, lower our stops on the shorts. And then I tell people who are longer term, listen, you know you don't have to trade every idea. I don't trade every idea that I mention on Alpha Trends, um, but pick and choose the ones that make the most sense to you. And if you view yourself as more of a position trader. Well, then use that, but adjust your stops. And in, in the key phrase I like to repeat over and over again is make the trade your own. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. If I if if someone you know looks to any service and just expects someone to feed a trade, buy it here, sell it there, what what's the whole point? Why are you even involved in the market? Why don't you just give someone your money to trade if you're going to be a monkey and just do what you're told to do? personalize it for you know based on how much time do you have to commit to the market what's your risk tolerance maybe you don't like five dollar stocks maybe you don't like two hundred dollar stocks maybe you don't like commodity stocks or semiconductor stocks i'm going to talk about all of those at some point just ignore it when i talk about the ones that don't make sense to you and find the right ones for you personally that's a that's a very very excellent point that it, that means such an amazing mentor you are that uh you know you are trying to teach people the skill rather than, you know, the famous give the person a fish, you know, if you feed them for a day or that's, yeah. that's the same thing. And amazing. I remember that in one of your presentation a few years ago, you mentioned the same thing that don't ask me what to do with your money. I cannot tell you what to do with your money. You just have to 
you know, decide about that when you learn about trading and the skills? You know, I, I want to help people develop and, and learn a skill set that, you know what, if they subscribe for six months and say, hey, I get it, I'm, I'm cool, then great. You know, that that's awesome. I, I don't need to have you as a subscriber for the rest of your life. That's not my business model. I want to help people grow move on and find what works for you in the market. It's not going to be my approach all the time. And, and you know, you run a service and, and, you know, there's going to be people that gravitate towards another time frame or whatever. And that's what they should do. Brian, you mentioned that you pretty much all day watching the market. Do you share a screen? Are you on the microphone? People can see and get access to you in, during the day. No, you know what? It, it's it's just not my personality to do that. It's uh, I, I ha I've had a chat room in the past, and it makes me grumpy. <laughs> and, and I don't, you know, and, and I think it builds the wrong expectations as well. That people are always looking for, hey, what's what's next? What's hot? What's going on? I remember, you know, when I had a chat room, someone would be doing something during the middle during the day, and they would come sit down in the last hour and just pop into the chat room. Hey guys, what's up? What's, what's, what's hot? What should I buy? Like, that's not how it works. No, we, you know, you've got to stock the trade. You've got to be comfortable and it would just drive me nuts. And, and, and honestly, Andrew, you know, I guess I have to choose my words carefully, I guess. Um, basically there is such thing as dumb questions. Um, <laughs> And I would get the same questions over and over again from certain people every single day, like 12 days in a row. Hey, Brian, should I buy this? I don't know. Quit asking me. And it just, you know, I, I, I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. And it, it would, again, it would make me miserable. And, and I don't want to be that person. What's the... Um, what's your take on uh, a lot of people who want to start trading? The first thing that they ask is, oh, you can't make money. Algos, market maker, Wall Street, they're smart, HFT is coming. What's your thought? Can we really make money? In the, uh, you know, what's your answer to that? You've been through all of uh, ups and downs in the markets. I've been able to make money consistently. Not, you know, I've had down years. I, I mean, I've, I've been doing this full time since 1991. Uh, I haven't made money every single year. In those losing years, it's a gut check. You, you've got to say, what am I doing? Am I just a gambler? Has the market changed? Have I changed? Am I no longer, do I no longer have my edge? Um, the last few years have been good. When the HFT thing really started, uh, you know, eight years ago, it was really, a, uh, that was a brutal market to make money in. Um, but, but, you know, can someone do it yes but it's really difficult if you look at the professionals what's the statistic 90 percent of them fail to beat the s p 500 each year so they're not all that great as a collective group there's there's a lot of underperformers 90 percent of them are so underperform um and you know for various reasons but you know big money doesn't mean smart money we have an edge because we can kind of, you know, move smaller size and move in front of their waves of buying and selling, see things happen where, you know, not to pick on her, Kathy Wood, she can't get out of her positions. They're too damn big right now. And if she sells, it's going to just drive that stock even lower. She's kind of shell, she's got to be shell shocked. I would think with some of these positions she's holding, she, for fear of, you know, plus the transparency of, and I don't mean to go on a, a miss, but I'm just saying there's, you know, different liquidity issues that we don't have to deal with. 
we can get out. We don't have to tell anyone. We don't have to, you know, file reports or, you know, no mandates or anything. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's that's a very, very good thing. And, you know, the, you don't have any mandate to investors, no reporting. And then we can just do all of this stuff. And a lot of these big funds that they're underperforming, there are hundreds of billions of dollars in there. They can't just come and buy MU or AMD or this. They, if they come, they have to buy all of them. They have to diversify in the bond market, in the different uh, markets and uh, so you're, that's an advantage that you mentioned the retail traders have. It, uh, you know, it, it is, and, and Andrew, let me you know kind of dovetail back to the VWAP, and that's what the volume weighted average price allows us to do. It allows us to absolute with absolute one hundred percent confidence say the buyers or sellers have control from this point, and we'll see that they defend that volume weighted average price as it pulls back to it, and if it doesn't, if they don't defend it. Instead, it breaks down. We can manage risk. We can get out of a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand shares. They're stuck with millions of shares. They, they, it drops three dollars. You know, and God, that must suck to have to be in that position to be able to see. Hey, wait, it's failing. I'm pulling my bids, and everyone else leaves. That's an advantage to us because we know a hundred percent objectively who's in control, buyers or sellers. Then it's a matter of transferring that knowledge into the disciplined implementation of it and making sure we don't get in our own way. Excellent. Uh, Brian, what do you, I, you seem to me a very active and healthy person living in Colorado. I want to talk about the lifestyle and the effect that it has on successful people. I mean, traders are a high performing field, but generally it seems that high successful people are really healthy and active eat well, sleep well. What's your thought on that? Uh, do you think there's a correlation with the lifestyle and successful traders? I, I absolutely do. I mean, you know, it, it all comes down to a healthy, healthy body, healthy mind. I mean, if you, if you have a body that's aching and, you know, you're, you're abusing it with, with alcohol or drugs or doing things that cloud your judgment and, you know, you're not sleeping well, you're not feeling rested. I know that, you know, I, my biggest mistakes typically occur when I'm not rested, um, that I just, you know, I get careless, I get sloppy. And, you know, to be well rested and to be physically fit and have energy and stamina and, you know, get behind your stand-up desk and put the treadmill under the under there and, and, and be moving, be active. And, you know, it, it just fires everything out, you know, in your mind and, and just keeps you sharper, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, in my book, I mentioned uh, something, you know, a very short version about the lifestyle. And there was one review that, oh, this guy is telling me what to eat and what to do. You teach me how to trade. But it, it is, as you mentioned, uh, you know, it, it is a, a correlation between the healthy mind, uh, body and mind. And one of my big losses, the biggest loss that I actually had back in November 2020, it was $110,000 loss in one single trade. Uh, in a day trade, which is a lot. I mean, it was when I was going through a family issue and I was so agitated and I couldn't make decision, no sleep. And I was so angry from, you know, what, what was happening in my personal life. And now that I look at that, what the hell I was thinking, you know, that, you know, traded like that, but it's all mind that, you know, goes into your uh, trading decisions. You, you know, once, once you have a style that works for you, then it, it, it really comes down to, you know, self-reliance and, and being able to, to admit the mistakes are your mistakes. 
not blaming the HFT and the market makers and the Goldman Sachs and these and the, the the analysts and you know people are still talking about these excuses and they're just excuses because they don't they haven't developed their skill set yet and, and can't implement it with confidence that hey I know statistically that this trade works in my favor but if they don't cut it as soon as it stops to 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 work then that's where they get into trouble they get the ego in the way and their you know the mind is clouded and again a sharp mind will you know in practice and you know spirituality meditation whatever yoga whatever it is you know it helps you just stay mentally focused and and able to to make the right decisions with a calm mind rather than you know fomo and and you know chasing higher or you know, ego holding on too long and, and all those mistakes uh, that are right up in here. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's very excellent point. Uh, um, is there any minimum amount of money that people should have to trade? Is there any rule of thumb? Can we say that? Because I get this question a lot. Hey, I have $500 or I have $5,000 or I have $500,000. Is there any answer to that question? What's the minimum amount that people should trade with? To trade full time? No, probably. I mean, probably not with five hundred dollars. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but do people do have this kind of expectations? Do you recommend uh, a minimum capital to trade meaningfully as uh, part time? I, I mean, to trade full time with a minimum cap, I, I think you got to have a minimum of a hundred thousand dollars, and you know that's e even there. Let's say you're making. 30, 40% on that, which is a nice return. Um, you know, it's 30, 40 grand a year. That's, it's not, it's not a great living wage. So it, it comes with experience though. I mean, if all you have is $500, well, you should be trading with $500 at your normal job on your phone when your boss isn't looking. Or if you have $50,000 and you have a $50,000 a year salary job with benefits, stick with that job you know again shut your door go to the bathroom do your trade set your stops but you know once you're trading with just your money and you don't have the luxury of a salary of benefits of, of all those things your 30 40 percent years are now going to go to minus 20 percent because you're going to be making these emotional decisions rather than balanced hey now i have to now I have to trade to make the rent. Now I have to trade to make my car payment. Now I need this much money to make that. And that is the wrong type of pressure uh, to have. So people need to, to go slow. And even if you have a half a million dollars, you know, let's say you inherited a half a million dollars and you're a newer trader, don't trade with a half a million dollars because you're going to make huge mistakes and you're going to drop that down to 200,000 and you're never going to have the opportunity to learn the proper skill of trading to, to come out of that hole. Start with $30,000, put 470,000 off to the side. Once you start making money in smaller amounts, add a little, add a little and expand from there. But it, it's so tough to, to make the transition from part-time to full-time because there's so many pressures that you don't realize that come up because you've lost your safety net. Excellent. You know, that's why I'm personally a big advocate of uh, part-time trading. You know, yeah. keep the job, 
just you know, $100, $200, $300 a day can help you to pay your mortgage, an extra car, a better lifestyle, but keep the job. Why do you want to quit your job? And one of the reasons that I at least see contribution to my success is I was in the Pacific time zone because the market opens at 6.30 and I was waking up at 5, 5.30, finished trading by 8, 8.30 and I could have my job until 2019 because I was at my job at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. That's, that's awesome. You mentioned psychology, for example. Yes, if you need to pay the bills every month, they don't stop. They don't care about the market goes up and down. But if you are a full-time trader, especially at the beginning when you're trying to learn the skill, those adds the you know, psychological pressure on you. I've been personally a big advocate of part-time trading. And uh, you know, again, depends on the people and how much capital you have. But even to date, I don't trade full-time. A couple of hours in the morning and then we run some other businesses that we are doing right now. And I'm glad that someone like you mentioned that. Yeah, multiple streams of income. Hey, you know what? I, I run a subscription service and, and I make money from that and I, I don't have a problem with that. It, it, it's, not a, it's not a stigma. It's, it's smart. It, it, it does take pressure off my trading as well. I don't you know, have that pressure as much as I used to earlier in my career, but if anyone, again, keep your job. This, I've got 30 years experience doing this. I can impart some help, I think, to a lot of people who come in and you know, help them out, guide them, coach them into developing as a trader. Uh, so multiple streams of, streams of income, absolutely, keep your job. You mentioned another thing about the 90% failure and I wanted to give a comment and of course uh, hear your feedback. I've read somewhere that businesses and especially tech startups have a 90% failure uh, based on you know, the statistics. So a high performing field like trading with such a high failure is not really that unusual. People, businesses, even restaurants have a high failure rates. So when people hear oh, 90% failure, oh, that can't be done. It's mostly all the career, many careers and businesses have a high failure rate and you're expecting this as a high performing field to have a 90% success is just unusual or unreasonable. Uh, so high failure in this field, it's not very unusual or, or shouldn't be very surprising to a lot of people. I, I don't think it should be either. I mean, the, you, you, I was going to say restaurants when you, when you started mentioning those stats because that's the one you always hear about in business school and that sort of thing is that the restaurants are the ones that fold a lot. Um, but, you know, and, and to be top in the field requires so much. Uh, it, it's kind of, in a way, I, I guess, like athletics. I mean, how many people who play basketball, hockey, or football, you know, make it to the college level and then go from that college level to maybe the junior leagues where they can eke out a return you know, they can make 50 grand a year playing in the minor leagues, but all we see are, hey, this guy signed a, a $200 million contract for the next five years, and that's just not realistic. That's, you know, that's the the Stanley Druckenmillers uh, in, in the, the big hedge fund guys that are, you know, that we all put on that pedestal who are just unusual characters who, for whatever reason, that's just their... They, their minds work in a different way. They're gifted and they're you know, able to follow through at, at insane levels of performance. Excellent. Thank you. I, I have one question that I know the answer from you, but I'm going to ask it anyways. I'm always asking my guests that what do you think about uh, crypto assets and are they going to be really taking up and become part of our life? And I know your answer is 
hey, Andrew, I'm a good technical trader. If it goes up, I trade it. If it goes down, I short it. I don't care about the fundamentals because you are a technical trader. But what is your answer about the generally crypto market? Well, I don't know what the fundamentals are, truthfully. I hear all these arguments about it's going to be a currency. I think it's insane to think it's a currency with the volatility. It can't be one. Um, everyone says, well, Bitcoin, but we're not interested in that. It's the blockchain. Okay, the blockchain. Great. It's good for voting. It's good for this. You know, I, I, I don't see the utility personally. I'm a huge skeptic. And, and I have been from, I, I started trading it in, in uh, you know, eight, nine years ago. Um, when it was $300. Um, I, I've been a skeptic the whole way, uh, but it trends so well, and I've done well with it. And, and in fact, though, Andrew, I, I've never shorted it. Uh, it, it. Gemini, you can't short, and and I've been grateful that you can't short at times because when if you get on the wrong side of it, it can go massively against you. And I, I think that especially earlier when Bitcoin came around, you know, when I started seven, eight years ago with it, I think I might have allowed my opinion that, hey, what is this thing? It makes no sense to get in the way. I would have shorted it and said, hey, this is dumb. I'll short some more. Um, so fortunately, you know, my discipline has gotten a whole lot better. Um, and I, you know, so it's it's a trading vehicle. Um, I don't believe it's going to a million. I'm not sure if it will go to zero. Um, I just want to make some pieces in between. And, you know, right now it's in a downtrend. So we're in scalp mode to the long side. Um, but if it starts trending well again, then I'll buy some and, you know, hold it for uh, a few weeks at a time and, and get some of those monster moves that they make. I love that. I love that answer because it shows that as a trader, don't bring your bias into trading. I mean, crypto, if you come with a bias, oh no, it's gonna go to zero and just keep shorting it, you might get squeezed. Right. And I love that. This is a skill that you make money, even in something that you don't believe in or have huge you know, doubt like you do as in the crypto market, but I'm making money on it as a trader. And that's what, you know. But, yeah, that's what trading is about. It's not the intellectual, hey, I was right. It's, you know, did you make money or not? Is it, is, are, are you doing well? trading it because that's that's my goal i'm not here to stand on a hill and say this is it this is the future this is where it's all going i i don't think that way i think hey it looks like it could go 1500 i'll buy some sell it maybe half of it up 800 see if it continues to go higher roll up my stop and, and you know on gemini they allow you to do stop limit orders which are great because 24 7 hour markets you know uh, are no fun if, if you don't have the ability to have stops. Exactly, yeah. The, one of the issues that I have with crypto market is open 24-7. And it's, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night just checking my phone. It, the good thing about the stock market is I know it's closed, okay? I know my position yeah. is whatever it is, is not changing. I want to end uh, this discussion, which was amazing, by the way, Brian. I want to ask a personal question that how's your lifestyle? What do you do to serve your soul? I mean, you mentioned, for example, my climbing. Climbing for me and, you know, races and running ultra marathon is just something that I do for myself. You know, it serves my soul. How's your life aside? Can you tell us about what you do? You know, Colorado must be skiing. Well, how is that? I want to get to know a little bit behind the scene of yeah. Brian Shannon. Well, it, it's ski season and it started out real slow, but uh, in the last month it's picked up very nicely. We've got a lot of snow on the hills. 
So skiing is, you know, first and foremost, my wife and I and our dog like to go do some snowshoeing. And uh, we're going to do some backcountry. So we've got a hut trip coming up actually in February, which would be really fun. Uh, we'll be out in the in the middle of uh, wilderness in a cabin with some friends, uh, backcountry skiing. So, you know, that's winter time. I, I like to fly fish in the summer and spring and, and, and the fall, actually, the, the late summer and fall. Uh, I do a lot of hiking. I do some biking, go to the gym, just, uh, you know, walk the dog. I try to stay active at least every day in some way. Awesome. And, you know, Colorado is the best place. I've, I've, I'm so impressed with Rocky Mountains. It's just amazing, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Brian. Really, really appreciate that. And uh, I learned a lot and I highly recommend everyone. I mean, Brian doesn't need any introduction. Just Google Brian Shannon. Everything comes up from the Wikipedia page, from the books, from the website, alphatrend.net. And uh, follow him definitely on Twitter. There's a lot of good trade ideas and recaps. Brian is posting for free just as a contribution to trading community. And there are some people in the trading community that you must follow. Brian is definitely one of them. Thank you, Brian. Well, thank you. I, I feel the same way about your work, Andrew. And I, I should say it more often because I, I am a fan of, of everything you do out there. And what you're building is, is really, uh, really great. Thank you so much. The honor is mine. Uh, well, thank you and uh, have a good day. If you have any question, guys, like, subscribe in the channel and uh, yeah, check out Brian. Reach out to him if you have any question and hopefully you get to check out uh, his knowledge and expertise. Bye.